let's go ahead and open up real quick to 1 Kings chapter 1, 1 Kings chapter 1, and I'm going to continue with my Finish Strong series that I've been talking about, amen, Finishing Strong, Finish Strong series, and 1 Kings chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to look a little bit today uh, on David, amen. In the life of David, First Kings chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and the word of the Lord reads, Now King David was old, advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm. So his servants said to him, Let them seek a young virgin for my lord the king, and let her attend the king and become his nurse. And let her lie in your bosom that my lord the king may keep warm. So they searched for a beautiful girl throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag, the, Sh the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the girl was very beautiful, and she became the king's nurse and served him, but the king did not cohabitate with her. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. His fathers had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. He had conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruah, and with Abathar, the priest. And following Adonijah, they helped him. But Zadok, the priest, Beniah, and the son of Jehoda, Nathan, the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zoeleth, which is beside in Rogoth. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But he did not invite Nathan, the prophet, Benaiah, the mighty men, and Solomon, his brother. Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king? And David, our Lord, does not know it. So now come, please let me give you counsel and save your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go at once to King David and say to him, Have you not my Lord, O king, sworn to your maidservant, saying, Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? Let's pray. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Father, I just pray for an anointing God to preach this morning. I pray, God, that you just guide us, lead us, and direct us this morning in what you would have. Father, you are faithful and you are worthy, my King. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. Forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise this morning, amen. So my topic to you this morning is start strong and finish strong, amen. Here we are, we're talking about uh, 
Finishing Strong series. And, you know, one thing that I shared before and I'll share it again is that good starts are good. Amen. But the important thing is to finish well. And that's what we begin to learn here when we begin to look at the life of David. Amen. We begin to see somebody who started strong. Amen. Had some victories. Then had some challenges and some shortcomings. And then ended up grabbing a hold of himself and finishing strong as well. Amen. Just to kind of give you a little background, uh, you know, we know when David was anointed as king, as a little shepherd boy, the smallest and youngest, the Bible says that he was a rooty little guy that was out tending to his father's sheep. Amen. He was a one that was a worshiper. He was a one after his, uh, after God's own heart, the Bible says. But he was seen to be anointed as king, and he was anointed, amen, by the prophet, amen, and then began to be raised up, amen, to be a warrior, to fight against the bear, the lion, to fight against Goliath, amen, to be an effective king of Israel that conquered much, that accomplished much, amen, and then we begin to see a time where David, amen, began to get a little bit sidetracked. Amen. He began to kind of get distracted. If y'all are familiar with the story where David uh, was up on the rooftop and then he began to look over and he sees, amen, this beautiful woman, Bathsheba, amen, and she's up there bathing and all of a sudden he gets distracted and he calls her to his house, amen. And of course, uh, Bathsheba's husband was out fighting, amen, in, in, the, in the Israel's army, amen. And he was out there doing what he needed to do. And, and all of a sudden, here we go. David is hooked up, amen, with this man's wife, amen. And David is, uh, ends up getting her pregnant, amen. She's pregnant. And then all of a sudden, uh, David doesn't want to get found out that she's pregnant, amen. And here he goes, and he begins to call home the husband of this Bathsheba, amen, in order to be able to get her to come and lie with her husband, amen. And of course, that didn't work, amen. And, and he says, how am I, amen, going to lie with my wife and eat this food when all my men are out there fighting, amen, up in the open, and so uh, since that didn't work, then here we go, David, amen. David ends up having to uh, put him out there, sends him back to war. First, he tries to get him drunk, amen, so that he would lie with his wife, but that didn't work. And so David, amen, trying to cover up his sin, trying to hide his sin, amen. He sends, amen, the man back to war, and he puts him on the front lines, amen, and then he has all of the army pull back back to where, amen, this man is stuck on the front lines, amen, where he's killed by an arrow. So here we go, amen, a man that started strong, a man that was anointed by God to be king of Israel, amen, a man that was fighting in giants and killing Goliath and, and having victories, amen, 
And then he gets sidetracked and he, he gets distracted and he falls into sin. And then he has to cover up his sin. Amen. And so he has to end up committing murder as well. God is good. Amen. But here, when we're looking right here in 1 Kings, this is a time where David was actually a little bit older. Amen. David was up in age, and David was at a point where he was uh, really fixing to begin to uh, fixing to fixing to go. And the Bible says, "Lie with his fathers." In other words, he was about to die. And that's where we're at right here in First Kings. Amen. And the Bible says in verse one, "Now King David was old; he was advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm." Amen. So here we are, amen, moving forward, and amen, we're at a time where David's getting older, amen, David's uh, up in age, and amen, he's about to, amen, move on, he's about to go lie with his fathers, he's about to die, but we notice here there's still some work that needs to be done. Because here comes, amen, at this time David had married Bathsheba and Bathsheba was his wife, amen. And all of a sudden, one of his sons, amen, Adonijah, amen, while David is down and he is sick, amen, and he is, uh, he's at this point in his life and Adonijah begins to come up and, and begins to try to take, amen, the kingdom and take the throne, amen, upon himself and place himself as king of, of the next king of Israel. Could you imagine this in the condition that David's in, amen? He's weak. He can't even keep warm, amen. And so they say, you know what? We need to find somebody to take care of King David. And we need to find somebody to serve him and to nurse him to health. And what do they do? They go and they find this beautiful young lady. They find a beautiful young lady. Amen. To keep him warm and to nurse him. But see, David wasn't the same David that he was, amen, when he fell into that trap with Bathsheba. He was a little bit wiser. He was now a man of integrity. He says, I'm, uh, you got me once, but you're not going to get me twice. Because I see the destruction that had occurred through all those things. Are y'all with me today? See, but there were still some things for David to, that he needed to do. You know, I've seen it before. I've seen a, a woman of God. She was a pastor, and amen. She was a great pastor, but she had cancer, and it was unoperable, amen. And if, if it wasn't for, uh, if it, other than a miracle of the healing power of Jesus Christ, she was going to begin to leave this earth and pass into the next life. And I began to see her prepare and get things ready and get things in place and put people in place and prepare all these various things. And this is about where David was at in his life. Amen. Weak and sick. Amen. But he still had some work to do. There were still some things that needed to be done. And so by this time, the Bible says right here, amen. In verse 2, so his servants said to him, let them seek a young virgin for my lord the king. 
and let her attend the king and become his nurse and let her lie in your bosom that my lord the king may keep warm. And so they searched for a beautiful girl. Amen. And the Bible says that, verse 4, that the girl was very beautiful and she became the king's nurse and served him, but the king did not cohabitate with her. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good, amen? See, one thing about it, saints, is starting strong is no guarantee of finishing strong. And today, amen, we're going to bring, amen, out the life of David, because David had a great start, amen, anointed by Samuel to be the next king, amen, and he accomplished very much. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? And at this point, he is old in age, and David's losing his strength, amen, amen. But what we begin to look at here and we begin to see is that David is now a man of moral integrity. See, one thing that he would have slipped into, a temptation that he would have felt into before, he learned from it. Amen. And now the next time the situation's there, now don't mind you, yeah, he's sick and, and he's weak and everything else. Amen. And he's a little older in age. That helps a little bit, doesn't it? But he still had the same opportunity, and realistically, he was even able to even marry this young girl, according to those days. Now, I don't know how many wives they let you have back then, amen, but I believe one is enough. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Are you with me? I can, I can preach some AA to you for a minute, amen. They say a thousand is too many and one is never enough. Well, one is enough. More than enough. Amen? God is good, amen? Now, I want to share this with you today because sometimes we make some mistakes in our lives. Sometimes we deal with some situations in a way that probably isn't the most pr- pr- productive. Hello? And this is something that happened with David, but this isn't the man who David ended up being when he finished this whole race. Are y'all with me today? See, he had learned his lesson with the sin with Bathsheba. Amen. And so David was now a man of moral integrity. I'm going to read to you a scripture real quick in Psalms 15, 1 through 5. And amen, if you'll put that up on the, on the board, Psalms 15, 1 through 5. And it says, Lord... Who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He who walks is, whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue. Are y'all with me today? Nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. Verse 5. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. 
Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, never be shaken. God is good, amen? Who may dwell in the sanctuary and who may live on your holy hill? He who walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. We serve a righteous God. We serve a holy God. Amen. And the Bible says without holiness, you won't see God. God is good. Amen. But see, David knew these things. You know, integrity issues first appear as small items, but they have a way of disqualifying one for service. Amen. I want to share with you an example of the Great Wall of China for just a moment. Amen. The Great Wall of China was built and the enemies, amen, never sealed the wall. And three times the China, the China was invaded, amen, and they were simply bribed. They bribed the gatekeepers. Hello, somebody. Amen. Well, my question to you is, what are you doing to protect your integrity, amen, to keep the enemy out so that you can finish the race? See, there's a lot of people that start the race and they start it well and they're on fire for Jesus and they're passionate about the things of God and they're committed to the house of God and they're committed to this and that, amen. But some things begin to happen in their life and they begin to, but breaches in the wall and the enemy begins to, begins to come in. Hello, somebody. God is good, amen. What are you doing to protect your integrity? We need to be men and women of integrity today. We're men and women of God. We used to be children of the devil, but now we're children of God. You're the righteousness of God. And our lives should exemplify it. And we should look like it. And we should sound like it. And we should act like it. And we should walk like it. And we should talk like it. And we should preach like it. Because we're men and women of God. We used to be children of the devil. We used to be children of wrath. But now we're children of God. And we're walking with God. Are y'all with me today? Now as we look in this Bible, amen, in 1 Kings and starting in 5, we begin to realize that David's life was not exempt from problems. Amen. Starting in verse 5, it says, Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. Now, here we are. He exalted himself as king when David was down. And he began to convince the people around him, other than the ones, the prophets of God and David's people, he began to convince the children of Israel that he was the next king. Hello, somebody. Have you ever seen people that try to convince, amen, people of their position? And the reality is that God had never given it to them. You ever see people that try to exalt their self when God had never exalted them? Yeah, it's called pride. But the people begin to fall for this. And the people begin to follow him. And so what you have here is a problem, but David got word of this. 
And here he is in his sickness and his weakness. And he see, realizes that there's some things that he still had to do. Because God had called for Solomon to be the next king of Israel. And not only that, but David had promised to Solomon, they meant the throne as king of Israel. And so now you have the people following, amen, Adonijah as the next king. And realistically, we've got to figure out a way to get the true next king, Solomon, in place. You talk about a big mess. And you talk about somebody that's sick and weak and doesn't even have the ability to stay warm on their, on their stuff. You know, older folks, they get cold easy. Hello. Women in their midlife, they get warm easy because they got hot flashes. Amen. My wife asked me the other day, you having a hot flash? Maybe so. I don't know. Shoot. But I'm talking about, this is where David was at, man. He was weak, but he still had some things he had to do. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. He still had problems in his life. But it was important that he finished right. You know, I want to tell you this, amen. For those of you that don't know, amen, whenever... Uh, this pastor that I was referring to before, she, when she got, began to get sick and she didn't have strength and that cancer was beginning to eat and take over her whole body and she was having to be on medication just to be able to have the pain and having trouble breathing, amen. And then the enemy tried to come in into the house, amen, and begin to, begin to maneuver things, amen, that God had never intended to do. Are y'all with me today? You know, when the shepherd's away, the devil will come try to play. Are y'all with me today? But we, we rebuke that devil in the name of Jesus. See, one thing I know about it, though, I've, that's why it's important to make disciples. That's why it's important to raise up people that have your heart, that have your vision, that have your mind, that desire what you desire. And David had some of these people around him. He had some of these people around him. Are y'all with me today? See, it was real important that he finished strong. He had started strong. Amen. He accomplished a lot. Dealt with some challenges, including sin in his own life. But here he is, a man of integrity. It's important that he, that he finishes strong. Amen. Because it's important that Solomon, amen, is known as the king, the next king of Israel. God is good. Amen. And so what do we see? Amen. We begin to see that David took action. David responded and he made it happen. He saw to it that Solomon, amen, and not Adonijah was made king of Israel. If you'll look with me in verse 28 of that chapter real quick, he says, Then David, King David said, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king vowed and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all distress, surely as I vowed to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, Your son Solomon shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, and I will indeed do so this day. 
Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and prostrated herself before the king and said, May my lord King David live forever. Then King David said, call to me Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet. Come on, he was calling in all the men of God. Hello, somebody. And, and, and Benazah and, ben and the son of Joada, and they came into the king's presence. Amen. Come on, it's good to have a good group of men of God around you. It's good to have an inner court around you. It's good to have some people that you can trust around you. Amen that you can call on in a time of need. That's what we need raised up in this place. That's what we need raised up in this house. And that's what David had. And the king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord. You know, some people, when he was down, amen, they would have kicked him when he's down and tried to take advantage of him. But these guys were still submitted, still obedient. Still desired, still saw him as king, even sick in that bed. And the king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule. He said, have him ride on my mule. When he comes in, you have him on my mule. There's going to be a statement made right there. And bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there as king over Israel and blow the trumpet and say, long live the King Solomon. And then you shall come up after him and he shall come and sit on my throne and be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah the son of Jehada answered the king and said, amen. Thus may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king say, as the Lord has been with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne great than the throne of my Lord, King David. So Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet, and Benah, the son of Johada, the Cherahites and the Pelahites went down and had Solomon ride on the King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok, the priest, then took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. And then they blew the trumpet and all the people said, long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people were playing on flutes and rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth shook at their noise. Now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished eating. And when they heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, why is the city making such an uproar? And why is he still speaking? Behold, Jonathan, the son of Abathar, the priest came. And Adonijah said, come in, for you are a valiant man, and bring good news. God is good, amen. You know, as we look there in verse 30, number one, David, amen, he kept his word to his wife. He followed the practice of anointing king of Solomon. He communicated to all the people Solomon was the new king by blowing the trumpet. And then he confronted Adonijah in his sin. And amen. David was counting on his trusted friends. Amen. Are y'all with me today? <clears throat> God is good. Amen. You know, I want to share with you three people that it's important that you have in your life. Amen. And I want to give you an example concerning. I want to use Paul for a moment. 
it's important that you have somebody, amen, flowing into your life. Hello. I'm talking about if you want to finish strong. It's important that you have somebody flowing into your life. Amen, Paul. It's important that you have someone that you flow into, like Timothy. And it's important that you have somebody who will encourage you, but also be willing to hold you accountable, like Barnabas. I'm going to say it again. It's important that you have somebody that is flowing into you and pouring into you, like Paul, it's important that you have somebody that you are pouring into and flowing into like Timothy. And it's important that you have somebody, amen, that's going to encourage you, amen, and stand next to you and hold you accountable like Barnabas. If you want to finish this thing strong, those are three people that you need to have in your life. You've got to have somebody poured into you. You've got to have somebody that you're pouring into. And you need to have somebody that's going to walk alongside you and encourage you and hold you accountable. Amen. That's what it's going to take if you want to finish this thing strong. That's what it's going to take if you want to make it in your life. There's no lone rangers in Christianity. Come on. And you don't just keep somebody around you, amen, that's going to let you live and do things any kind of way. And if you don't have somebody pouring into you, you're not going to be able to pour into anybody else. Are y'all with me today? I'm trying to help somebody finish strong in here today. I'm trying to help somebody make it in here today. This is in the home, out the home, in the church, in the streets, and everywhere. If you really want to make it, if you don't want to make it, amen, then don't take this suggestion. Are y'all with me today? I've got four points, and then I'm going to take it home, amen. God is good, amen. There's four things that we need to do in order to be able to finish strong. Amen. Those are three people we got to have around us. Somebody pouring into us, us pouring into somebody, amen, and somebody that's going to hold us accountable and love us, encourage us. I'm so blessed to have all three of those, amen. Some of us just like to have somebody around us that'll just listen to us and let us just wild out, amen, and let us just do any kind of thing. It won't say nothing to correct us. They encourage us, go, you're right, they're encouraging us. Amen. And everything we say, but won't never tell you, amen, nothing contrary. It's important to have somebody encourage you, but it's important that they'll hold you accountable. Are you with me? Now, not just anybody can be that accountability. Are y'all with me today? Four things that we need to do, amen, and I'm going to shut it down so we can go home. Amen. Four things that's going to continue to make this marriage that you've seen the devil tear apart and God is putting back together. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. The enemy is trying to take my voice this morning. <clears throat> Number one. <clears throat> you got to stay in the word. 
1 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Are y'all with me today? <clears throat> if you want to finish this thing strong, you're going to have to stay in the word. Amen. Because the Bible tells us what's right and what's wrong and how to get right and how to stay right. So you've got to stay in. Somebody say, stay in. You've got to stay in the word. You can try to do this thing. Amen. And continue to go forth strong. <clears throat> you can continue to do this, but if you're not in the word, I'm going to tell you right, right now. Amen. And I know that devil wants to shut me up right now, but I'm, amen. I believe in the power of God. Uh, next verse. Next, next, next point. We got to stay in the word. Number two, we got to stay close to accountability. You know, I want to read to you real quick. Ecclesiastes 4 says this in chapter, verse 9. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Are y'all with me today? Now, we can refer to that in a marriage because that's the truth, amen? And that third is Jesus that's in the middle of that. But even then, amen, even if you're not married, because marriage isn't for everybody. Paul even said it in 1 Corinthians. He said it, it's not for everybody, because there's a lot of stuff you can accomplish, amen, in ministry. Sometimes that's going to take your time. <clears throat> Are y'all with me today? Excuse me. Amen. You got to stay close to accountability. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You got to stay in your word and you got to stay close. I haven't seen people that do their own thing and they really don't struggle. I haven't seen people that don't get connected to a church body into people in their life that, 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 that make it. If you're an isolator, sometimes people are right in the middle of a wealth of help. Sometimes people are right in the middle of a wealth of help and support. But the enemy isolates them. Amen? It isolates them to where they don't even utilize their help. They shut themselves off. Amen? So it's not just about your position and where you're at. It's about what you allow. You can be in the ministry and you can even be in the church and still be separate from everybody. You've got to be welcome accountability. You've got to want it. You've got to let people get to know you. I don't just surround myself with yes men. I surround myself with people that can think for themselves and people that care enough about me to tell me if I'm beginning to get off track. 
Amen. They're not people that are looking just to rebuke me anytime they can. Oh, I got to rebuke the pastor. <clears throat> the Bible says if you come with a, with, you know, come to a, to a man of God with any kind of thing, you better know what you're talking about. And you better have some witnesses. But accountability, we welcome accountability because I want to finish strong. I don't want to get knocked out by the devil. The devil tries to isolate us. Even in the house of God. So you have to stay close to accountability. Number three, you've got to stay away from your weak areas. You've got to realize what your weak areas are. And you've got to stay away from them. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? If there's a certain side of town that is not good for you, amen, <clears throat> you don't go buy your soda pop in the place that's completely saturated, that's a primarily a liquor store, if you struggle with alcohol. You don't go in the store where they got the women prostituting outside and you struggle with lust. Yeah. Hello. God is good, amen? And my last point, I can get the worship team to come up. No, now you want to let me talk, devil. Yeah. Last one, if you want to make it, if you want to finish strong, you got to stay focused. You got to stay focused. You got to stay focused. Amen? You know, runners will tell you that they want to know where the finish line is. Amen. Whether it's a 100-yard dash or a marathon, a runner wants to know where the finish line is. Amen. They want to know. Do we have any runners in here? <laughs> All right. I got to be more precise. <laughs> yeah, that was way too vague. I just, I just saw like 20 different thoughts go. One person's thinking I'm running from God. One person thinks I'm, oh, I used to run dope. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Never mind. I promise you. But when we look at it, <clears throat> I want you to look at this for a second. Because a runner, when they want to know where the finish line is. Amen. But when you look at it for us as Christians, amen, we don't know where the finish line is. We don't know. Because a runner, if it, they, they fix their eyes on where the finish line is, amen, and that's how they make it. I'm going to tell you an example, amen, and, and uh, I don't know if I want to use that example. I got, okay, I'll tell y'all. Amen. I got locked up one time, and I got, I got on a probation violation. <clears throat> and I did 
about uh, six months or so, six, nine, nine months, nine months. And I was fixing to go home. Amen. And then they took me back to court for a sealed indictment for a first degree felony. Amen. All of a sudden, I didn't know where my finish line was. That'll, that'll throw you off. You fixing to go home? <laughs> Are y'all with me today? And then they hit you with a 5 to 99. <clears throat> God is good, amen. But as Christians, our finish line is when we go to be with the Lord. But the thing about our finish line is we don't know where it's at. We don't know. It may be tomorrow. It may be six months from now. It may be 30 years from now. We don't know. See, one that's running, they fix their eyes on the finish line. On the finish line. Amen. But where is our finish line? So how can we finish strong? Amen. Because we don't finish strong by focusing on the finish line because we don't know where it is. But I'm going to tell you the secret. We finish strong by fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's how we finish strong. That's how we finish this thing out. That's how we do what we're called to do. That's how we be who we're called to be. Amen. That's how you're going to do it. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. Amen. He's the provider. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. Hello, somebody. He's the one. You got to fix your eyes on Jesus. Otherwise, you're going to get off course. Amen. You're going to get off track. Amen. You got to spend time in his word. You got to keep your eyes on him. You got to walk your way. You got to live your life for God. You got to focus on him. That's how you finish this thing. Because you don't know when God's going to take you home. And I don't know about you, but I want to be serving the Lord. And I want to be doing right. I don't want to be playing around in sin. I don't want to be living my life for myself. Satisfying the flesh. You know, by the grace of God, man, David didn't go... He didn't die when he was in the middle of his sin with Bathsheba. He didn't die then. Thank you, Jesus. But you and I don't know. I don't want to take a chance. And I don't care what doctrine you have. Amen. I don't want to take a chance. I don't want to be practicing sin when it's my time to go home. When it's my time to finish. David repented. He repented. And yeah, he still had to pay the price. There were still consequences. There were still consequences. There you go, son. Stomp that devil. There were still consequences. I'm not going to tell you there's no consequences for your actions. David's son died. Amen. Because of his actions. And he fasted and he got his sackcloth and he begged God. But God still let it happen. 
but God is still forgiving and he's still merciful and he still saw David's repentance and he still saw his change of heart and God let him have another chance and God's given you another chance today he's given you another chance today he's given you another chance come on y'all gotta receive that today I don't care what you've done I don't care what you're going through I don't care what mistakes you made God's given you another chance today He's giving you another chance today. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God is good, amen. I want to tell you this, and I'm going to close. It's never too late to begin to do what is right. As long as you're breathing, it's never too late to confess your sin to the Lord in genuine repentance. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be genuine repentance. It's not too late. Somebody say, look at your neighbor and say, it ain't too late. Look at him, come on, look at him and say, it ain't too late. Hey, look at your neighbor and tell him it ain't too late. You may have messed up. You may have messed up big time. But the race isn't over yet. And just because you've fallen doesn't mean that you can't still finish strong. Just because you've made some mistakes doesn't mean you can't finish strong. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't mean it. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God of restoration. God is a God of healing. God is a God of deliverance. It's not too late. You're breathing today. You're alive today. Amen. And you need to finish this thing out strong. I don't care what's happened. I don't care what they said about you. I don't care. None of that matters. Amen. Today is the day you turn it around. You turn it around. You turn it around. And you finish this thing out strong. You finish this thing out strong and watch God bless you. Amen. Amen. You finish this thing out strong. Whenever you're ready, you finish this thing out strong. God is good. Come on, let's worship the king.